When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Savage Starlight, the officially unofficial podcast for The Last of Us on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we are here for the first time to do a preview podcast for season one. Uh, Aaron, I, I feel like we have a ton of stuff to talk about today. How are we going to structure this thing? Because I know some of it, it's based on a video game, so some of it might be spoilery. Yeah, we, and this is this is a tough one because I think this this might be the first time in bald move history that you and I are going to both cover a property. It's based on another property. And both of us know exactly where we're going in armed equivalently. Usually I think that's true. Usually like on the expanse, you had read the books. I hadn't game of Thrones. I'd read the books. You hadn't uh, the, uh, the walking dead. You had read the comics. I hadn't. And then I'd read the comics and you hadn't, but like, <laughs> yeah, there's never been, like, yeah, huh? There's never been a situation where I think we, we had uh, e- equal armament uh, coming to this, but like, Maybe we can talk. Okay, first things first. uh, I want to talk about the release schedule and then I want to talk about maybe our experience with this property and our excitement level. And then we Mm -hmm. can talk. I got some hopes and fears. Um, This is going to be pretty standard Sunday night HBO release podcast for us, which means we're going to have full episode coverage out on Tuesday, probably late afternoon. Um, We are going to be doing an instant take for the premiere episode, the 90 minute premiere episode this Sunday night. Uh, We build it at 10 o'clock, but obviously it's an hour and a half long. I mean, you can stop watching and and queue up for the podcast if you (laughs) want to, but we'll we'll watch the whole episode and record it when whenever it's done on East Coast time. Uh, It starts at 9 p.m. So it'll probably be 1030 ish. 1045 mm-hmm. uh we might like i said we're, we're super excited I, I i don't know how excited everybody else will be about this that's the one of the kind of the hopes and fears i got about this but like if there's sufficient interest um we will probably continue doing that and then also feedback for the show will be sent to tlu that's t-l-o-u it stands for the last of us it's a pretty common community acronym for this game tlu at baldmove.com Uh, Depending on the volume of the feedback, uh, we will be probably considering that on a separate feedback podcast, especially with a 90 minute premiere. Uh, Mm -hmm. But uh, going forward, it's going to it's whether we keep up the auxiliary podcast, the instant takes and all that. um, That depends. Now, instant takes are able to be enjoyed by everybody. But it's important to note that if you're a club member, you can watch us record that live and participate in instant talk, which allows you to chat with us and ask us questions and make comments. And we respond you know, after we do our little dog and pony and talk about the show ourselves, we'll 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 consider your guys' feedback. And that's club members only. So if you want in on that, support.baldmove.com to find out information on that. Jim, uh, The Last of Us came out in 2013. We're coming up on its 10th anniversary and we're getting a live wow. action adaptation. What's your experience with this franchise? Um, and why are you particularly excited for it to be adapted to the small screen? Uh, so for people who don't know, there are two games and a DLC as part of, uh, the video game portion of this universe. I've played through both of those, uh, and the DLC once I went through recently, 
like a few weeks ago and played through part one again because it had been mm -hmm. since 2013 that I had played the game. Um, and so I refreshed my memory on that. And uh, I did not play the DLC part, which is sort of a, a flashback thing that adds a lot mm -hmm. more context. Um, but, you know, I, I read through the synopsis. It's like two and a half hour game, so. Be yeah, I did play it. I played that, but I played it when it first came out a while ago. I Like right. you, I've played The Last of Us within the last year. I think I played it over last January. I got the, you know, okay. the, the super spiffy edition, the remastered edition uh, for the mm -hmm. PS4. Um, and there, I played there The Last of, of Us too. <laughs> there was now one for the right. PS5 called The Last of Us Part 1, which whatever, whatever, man. I have opinions on that. But yeah, I played okay. through The Last of Us uh, remastered. Yeah. Uh, why are you excited? Uh, what I mean, obviously you're a fan of the game. Why are you excited about the? Or I guess why 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 well, is the game so good? Like, what is his reputation? Yeah, that's kind of where I was going to start. And, and what makes me so as excited is it's a it's a very story driven game, and it has one of the stronger narratives uh, in all of video games. I would say mm -hmm. um, it feels mm -hmm. like a grown up story that they're telling, and I really appreciated that. Uh, and that's kind of like in some ways a naughty dog uh who is the company that produced the game that developed the game um that's kind of their hallmark so yeah I, i'm excited we we have uh, neil Druckmann, who is the writer and kind of creator of the the last of us universe co-producing on this and co-writing on this with uh craig mazin so obviously the pedigree here is just top tier i, I think yeah Craig Mason is one of the most talented writers. This, this probably helps. I have so much insight into his process and familiarity with him because I listen to the script notes podcast, which he's been a part of for 500 plus episodes at this point. Um, and, and I really respect like the, the way he approaches writing. And if you've seen Chernobyl, you're familiar with his work. He's the, the showrunner for that miniseries and the writer for it. Uh, you know, it's funny about and that Craig makes me really excited. What's funny about Craig Mason is uh, prior to the Chernobyl, maybe if you're fans of his podcast, uh -huh, like that came out uh -huh. of nowhere for me, because if you look at his filmography, <laughs> yep, yep, it's scary movie and not like one or two, like scary mm -hmm. movie three or four. Um, the Hangover two, I think. The Hangover two and, and maybe three. three. Uh huh. Um, he's known for like comedy and parody stuff. And then yeah. out of nowhere, he comes with like um, Chernobyl, which has kind of a lot of post-apocalyptic feel you yeah, know it's like it, it's about a disaster that melts people's faces and sends people scurrying for cover and desolates a landscape and depopulates things and that I, like as soon as i heard that he was attached to this i'm like oh my god that's exactly like like uh, the chernobyl ghost town stuff that's exactly mm -hmm. the feel of like creeping through these levels in the last of us yeah, he nails that tone, and I, I think he brings the story down to a very personal level for the characters as well, which is something I'm looking forward to here. Yeah, and it's it's has like there's a lot of action in that series. There's again a lot of a special effects of not mm -hmm. only just the reactor itself and all that stuff, but like just horrifying shit. Firemen getting getting liquefied. Uh, it also mm -hmm. has this like a very bleak tone that I think fits the last of us. Um, you know, I think about that scene where the old Ukrainian grandmother is talking about living through the whole Demir, Demir 
Uh, thinking about the time where they they, de- they detached these troops to go village to village to exterminate family pets and livestock that had you know been stuck in the irradiated zone. Like there's some things that are just like Jesus, you know. And there yeah. are if there this show is going to be true to the spirited video game, <laughs> there's going to be episodes and scenes where you're like Jesus, uh, this is really some savage shit. Um, yeah. I, I guess if if you don't and 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 and, and my hope is. Because it's also not just bleak shit. There's also some the most amazing stories of like family and love and loyalty and sacrifice that I've ever seen mm-hmm. uh, as well. And, and it kind of pulls off what I think I was hoping to get out of Frank Darabont's version of The Walking Dead. Yeah. Um. So like heads up, this is a zombie show. This is a show. If you haven't seen the trailers, this is a show where uh, it, it features this is a zombie apocalypse, but it's also one of the more fresh takes I've ever seen on the genre. And you're an expert at it. Uh, do we want to talk about like, cause I, I, that's one of my fears. If, if the, if society at large has got zombie fatigue, we just got done yeah, shambling yeah. to the end of the walking dead. Uh, I can't think of a success. <laughs> I have to go back to like, King, years. yeah, I have to th- go back to like kingdom season one, mm-hmm. uh, train to Bassans, you know, the, the, the the Korean people seem to be the only ones that have anything interesting to say about zombies, except for the last of us. Uh, do you want to yeah. talk about the kind of unique take on that? Well, yeah, I, I'm super curious um, to, to see what the show has in store for us, because the video game narrative is very straightforward. It's, it's pretty linear. It's just like here to there. And and it has some really poignant moments in it. it it's very good. But it's very straightforward. Um, And I'm curious to see based on like the trailers and the things I've heard them talk about how much they're going to expand on that and how much they're going to like change things. Because I know there are a few changes in there. But um, yeah, I I don't know. That's one of the big reasons I'm excited is I've seen the trailer and I've Mm -hmm. seen how faithful it is to those games in both its visuals uh, and its its spirit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that has me super excited about it, too. I want to talk about the core concept of this game. There is a real life fungus called Cordyceps mm-hmm. that has 600 some species all over the world. There's one that lives in the jungles of Brazil. And it, uh, it's called Cordyceps unilateralis. And it infects carpenter ants. It it parasitizes them. And when this fungus infects an ant, it grows throughout the insect's body, drains it of its nutrients, and it hijacks its mind. That's the really creepy thing. And over the course of a week, it compels the ant to leave the safety of its nest. You know, ants, they're not solitary creatures. They, They stay in these colonies. And it ascends a nearby plant stem. The ant climbs exactly 25 centimeters, no more or no less. This is a zone above the jungle floor, precisely the right balance of light, temperature, and humidity for the fungus to optimally grow. It then forces the ant to permanently lock its mandibles around the edge of a leaf. Eventually, it sends a stalk, a fruiting stalk, out the ant's skull, or it's, I guess it doesn't have a skull, it's its, its head carapace. Mm-hmm. Uh growing into a bulbous capsule full of spores. And because the ant typically climbs over a leaf that overhangs its colony's foraging trails or the colony itself, when the fungal spores erupt, it rains these things down on its sisters below, turning them into ant zombies as well. 
Mm-hmm. And the last, the last of us asks, what if through some kind of freak mutation, this type of fungus jumps to humans and yeah. what would it do into a human body? Um, and if you've seen the trailers, you can see kind of the horrifying results of like, what are the end stage mm-hmm. versions of these? Um, and it's got a lot of unique stuff. Like, um, I don't want to talk too much spoilery because I don't, you know, I, some of this stuff is going to be for discovery, but like, uh, in broad terms as the vi- as the fungus progresses inside a host, it adds strengths and also weaknesses. The more the, a body gets taken over by this fungus, um, it will gain certain strengths, but it'll also gain certain weaknesses. And, you know, as it goes on this terminal path, that's kind of interesting. Also, you have, you know, been aware of, of zombies where you get scratched or you get bitten and you're getting infected. And that's certainly the case with this. But because it is a fungal based, even breathing the same air as these zombies can get you infected, especially in indoor areas. So it's like, you know. Yeah, this is not true as best I can tell in the show. Um, I've heard they've replaced the spore mechanic with some kind of tendrils. um, And it's much more of a like connected network of fungus stuff. I I don't know. That's that's what I was reading. Okay. So they might, I did, because I, wow, I I did a fair amount of reading this morning uh, and I, I didn't see that. Interesting. Huh. Okay. We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now, back with more Bald Move. So yeah, it's it's got it's got a lot of unique mechanical things. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm, these are not I'm, your your father's zombies, right? These are a different right, breed, and, and right. they they have different effects on humans. And I think that's going to be the interesting part in some ways. Yeah, and it's extremely as as they're portrayed in the video game, they're very creepy. Like mm-hmm. being in a room full of these zombies, isn't it? Like I mean, I just like being in a room of any kind of zombies is an intensely uncomfortable situation. But these are. <laughs> You know, somehow like it's even worse than like a shambling dead body because it's like, you know, it's it's still at at some level a living thing. You know, it's a living human being that is just has this runaway infection, you know, Um, this is more alien uh, to 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 the human form. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And what I've seen, like, uh, I think the special effects and the makeup, they're really they're really nailing the look of these these cordyceps infected uh, zombies. Oh, dude. The 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 ones they call clickers look amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. They they show one in the trailer. Uh we talk about this being an action oriented game. Cuz like what does this game take? 15 to 20 hours to beat if you uh-huh. if you put your mind to it. Probably 3 quarters of that is action. Yep. So if you take that stuff out cuz obviously you can't, you know, the game it's it's fine to have 15 the 30 minute long action sequences um, because that's, it's a video game. The series probably won't do that. Um, I saw that Neil Druckmann, it's interesting because it seems like he really gets the fact that you have to make changes and sacrifices to when you're adapting something for a different medium. There's a, a line that I saw in an interview with Craig Mazin where he's like, 
sometimes I had to like advocate for like keeping things the same as the game because Neil was like mm-hmm. really on board with like, hey, whatever we got to do to make this compelling and to make this material work on screen. So there's this word that kept on using precious is nobody was too precious about the material. And I, I saw a lot of fan yeah. uh, like hardcore fans get like scared about that. But to me, that is exactly what you need to do, because if you make something that's super faithful, accurate to the video game experience, it's not going to work on television. Oh, no, I they need to change things. I, If anything, I'm a little bit worried that it's for me, somebody who's played the game now twice and recently, it's going to be a little bit too straightforward, though I'm. I'm very encouraged by what I've seen uh, of their discussions, their interviews, because they do seem like they're going to be expanding on a lot of the stuff that was just sort of implied in the game. Yeah. Um, and, and some stuff that even wasn't. I, I know there are some scenes that have been talked about and, and shots are in the trailers and stuff of flashbacks that I think are going to be super interesting uh, that were never in the game. The other thing I I uncovered is that um, they're going to adapt the entirety of the first video game in the first season. They are not Mm -hmm. fucking around. They are not like Walking Dead style, you know, (laughs) making, you know, like like where where entire seasons could last just three or four (laughs) issues like they are just gunning through that shock stand up and applaud Craig Mason for his his vision in this regard don't put yeah. filler stuff in there don't make it any longer than it needs to be yeah he he keeps saying like this is not going to be something that is designed to go on and on forever we have an end yeah. in mind and and it coincides with the games like we're going to make the games essentially uh and and that's going to be that we're not looking to push this to six seven seasons just make it as long as it needs to be. Thank you. I thought that was super refreshing, too. And I also thought it was interesting that, like, I thought maybe when they get to The Last of Us 2, which I think is I, everyone's talking like it's a done deal. They're going to adapt that as well. They haven't said come out right and spell it. But Neil and uh, uh, Craig have both heavily implied that they're going to gun through that in a single season, too. OK, um, I was seeing mixed messaging on that. I, I saw really. The- Craig was saying like, yeah, it's probably too much story for a single season. Um, then again, I mean, HBO has been very flexible with them just saying, hey, make this season as long as it needs to be. Don't worry about yeah. like runtime on episodes. Don't worry about episode count. Just make what you need to make and we'll get it out there. So who knows? Uh, they could yeah, do a I- 15 episode season, right? And and just do it in one. Right. And it's like if, if you played The Last of Us 2, there's a there's a, a peculiar structure to that game that is like at the core to the experience. Yeah. And I'm like, God, how would you do that over a two season thing? Mm-hmm. But also, how would you do it over a one season thing? I'm really <laughs> curious to see how they dipped it. That, if they did like a supersized season, that might be a good uh, a good way to do it. Um, Experiment with split screen. Why not? Some split screen co-op <laughs> TV. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of others, other names that are attached to this, like, uh, the two principal actors, um, Pedro Pascal and, uh, uh Bell- Bella, is it Bella Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah. They are the protagonists, Joel and Ellie. Um, and I feel really good about, uh, Pedro. I feel pretty good about, you know, Bella too. Mm-hmm. I, th- I want to talk about that in my, my, my fears, um, uh, section both of those if you don't if you don't recognize pedro pascal famous for the mandalorian but he got to start as prince oberon on yeah. game of thrones bella ramsey uh is famous for being uh one of the mormont 
one one of the the, the little Mormon girl that is the no nonsense tough northern woman. She's twelve years old, but she seems like she could beat up uh, the the both great and small John Umber. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I I yeah I'm I'm looking forward to seeing their take on the material. But there's a lot of other um, big names like Nick Offerman is attached. Um, yeah. He's playing essentially Ron Burgundy if he went through his, a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> or not uh-huh. Ron Burgundy, Ron, uh, Ron, Ron Swanson. Swanson, yeah. <laughs> Ron Burgundy in a zombie apocalypse <laughs> oh, would also God. be entertaining. Uh, and then games or fans of the video game, uh, Troy mm-hmm. Baker, who plays Joel on the video game, is uh, uh is playing a role ashley johnson who voices ellie is going to play ellie's mom which i thought was a nice touch nice uh jeffrey pierce who plays tommy in the video game uh is coming back to to to, to play a, a a faction leader i believe merle dandridge uh who plays marlene in the uh video game is reprising that role um mm-hmm. and some of these cases they just they didn't just lend their voice acting talent they actually mo-capped uh facially and bodily their their characters actions as well um merle's also the uh plays alex vance on half-life so there's going to be oh, there's some nice. some big names attached to the video game side there's a big also saw the arlen bitterbuck uh we just saw him i'm sorry graham green who, who? graham green who we saw as arlen B- bitterbuck uh he had a memorable role in the green mile we just podcasted out a couple of months ago oh uh, uh melanie linsky is another one i'm looking forward to seeing Who's that? Oh, yes. She, she, oh, who is she playing? Castle Rock, Yellow Jackets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kathleen, I don't, I don't know who that is. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Probably a new character. Yeah, there's... Uh... The, 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 there's a couple of fears I've got about this project. One is the pacing. You know, I heard they're going to do all of game one in one season, which is like, okay, fair enough. I, I wasn't thinking that because you and I just last week, we were talking about like, oh, where... Where do you think they'll cut the halfway point? And then we were talking about this out loud on lunch and someone corrected us and said, oh, it's going to be in one season. Mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, I can maybe see that. But the, like I said, how they're going to do season two in one season is scary, but also but also exciting. Um, and and the thing about Bella Ramsey, it's like I've seen her play exclusively icy, hard children. Mm hmm. And that is certainly Ellie's front. But underneath that, she's actually like any, you know, like 14, 15 year old girl in this situation, quite terrified and has a lot of vulnerability, which is something that she has in common with Joel. And they're Mm -hmm. kind of both putting up these different fronts. And and I've seen Pedro play both of those sides, like the badass and and the guy who's losing everything and losing his shit. I haven't ever seen her do that. Now, um, everyone's given glowing reviews, but that's 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 one kind of fear I I have is like, can she pull off the the entirety of the Ellie performance? I'm encouraged by some of the stuff in the trailers. I can't remember if this was in a trailer or behind the scenes video that you have to go digging for it was it was yeah. put up and and posted about on twitter a while ago but they they made a little behind the scenes minute and a half featurette thing uh oh. and i saw that and she was doing a scene where or maybe this is in the trailer where she pretended to be like infected or something and she was yeah, making yeah, all yeah. the weird clicking uh-huh. and finger noises and that scene really was like okay this starts to feel like ellie i i, I can see it because the other thing about Ellie is she's a massive smart ass. She's a smart ass. She's flippant about like the danger that they're in and, and mm-hmm. all the, the stuff that's bothering Joel. And like 
yeah, there's this dichotomy between them where she's sort of like got a lot more life in her and Joel is just drained of it and he's the curmudgeon yeah. and the, the guy who's over it. So like, yeah, I, yeah. I think that dynamic is going to work really well based on the trailers. The big question I have is I alluded to this is like, is this show going to find an audience? Because I think the video game is amazing. I think everyone's involved has a ton of talent. It looks great. But I in the cultural milieu zombies, I think zombie stock is kind of in a free fall. Like, sure. You yeah. know, we we are uh, I, I it's it's I, again, I, I'm trying to think of like when's the last time I got excited by a zombie property. You know, again, I'm, I'm thinking of like Kingdom Season one, which is five, six years ago. I'm thinking Bridge to uh, or Train to Passan, which was like what? Same like six, seven years ago. Uh, there hasn't been a lot. You know, there's been Zack Snyder, this Las Vegas zombie thing. You said that was kind of a pile of trash. The <laughs> Walking Dead is actively like beating dead horses. Um, uh-huh. are people going to see this as a zombie like ah zombies Ugh. or are they going to be like ah HBO's take on a zombie show hmm and I, I don't I don't know yeah if people are like checking out this podcast to inform whether or not they're going to watch the show and give it a chance I would say definitely do yeah. uh, like we said it's a different breed of zombie show it, Craig Mazin likes to focus on character a lot more mm-hmm. than he does uh necessarily on plot though he enjoys that stuff too and he wants to keep that all consistent and strong uh but he he it looks like they're really breaking it down into what makes these characters tick how how does society feel about the thing that's happening to it uh as it's mm-hmm. happening i think it's going to be like one of the more fascinating parts that isn't really in the game mm-hmm. uh yeah i i'm as someone who has seen decades of zombie stuff and admittedly, kind of in the tank for it, sure. Got really fucking tired of The Walking Dead by the end of it. Was completely over it. Sure. Could have soured me on zombies. I'm still here for this. I think this is the zombie show that we have been asking for for a long time. How much do you think looting is going to be part of this game, the, the, the show? <laughs> yeah, I want to see Pedro ducked uh, against a cabinet, just reaching out left, right, left, right, left, right. Grabbing no, one everything. of the funniest I, I called this uh, when I was playing through, like, I think there's nothing funnier in the game than when you're Joel and you're walking through an abandoned kitchen that has like an uh-huh. island. And there's like uh, there's like cabinets and doors on both sides to go through crouching at a brisk pace and just spam the loot button. Mm-hmm. And he pulls off what I call the the tin handed monkey technique where he's just like his, the, 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 the like, like the, the models reaching out, grabbing things and tucking him in his backpack left and right. And this kind of circular wax on wax off yep. pattern. And it always cracks me up when he's just, just, just tucking shit away, just tucking shit away. And a big part of the game is the fact that this is an apocalypse. And unlike mm-hmm. the walking dead, where it seems like you can just loot whatever you need. You need a diesel engine, you need a, you know, like whatever you, you need a car batteries go like you have to actually scavenge and improvise basic tools and like weaponry and things like that. I wonder if there will be some of that. Like, I, I mean, it could be as simple as Molotov cocktails and yeah, yeah. and, you know, uh, the, hitting people with two by fours filled with spikes and shit. Or it could be as complicated as like making med kits and bombs and uh traps and all that kind of stuff i i i wonder i wonder because like i to me that's such a big part of the game there's got to be at least mm. an homage to it yeah and mason's a big fan i think he said he's played this game like a dozen times which is crazy that's amazing that's more I, than once a year 
but yeah i, uh, I played the last of us once and then i played mm-hmm. it again just last year yeah, um, same here. and the last of us two i've played twice i played it and oh. then as soon as i got done i played the new game plus version of it gotcha um because i was just extremely impressed in fact i'm i i don't know if this is a rare opinion within the community but i actually think last of us 2 is more impressive from sure. a gameplay and from a story and especially from a character and, and like it does something that is so unique to storytelling mm-hmm. um and i felt like i came away with like new insights onto the world that we live in based on that's that's I like video games, guys, but it's it's pretty rare that I go away from a video game moved, right? You know, to like reflect on things. And The Last of Us, especially The Last of Us Two, certainly certainly got me there. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, and I just I I I just hope they can pull it off because you know, video game adaptations have had a pretty checkered history. Yes, but I think a lot of that is because they're all done for kind of the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And when you've got the game creator and a very talented storyteller that is, seems to be a master at this palette and tone from what I can tell, I, I think this might be one of those special, special exception cases where it's just all going to come together. I hope so. Everything they're saying sounds right to me. Uh, so yeah, we'll see how it turns out. Uh, what else do we want to talk about for this, this preview? I've got a lot of questions around like specific video game stuff that I want to get into a spoiler section for. Oh, um, oh, I guess that's the other thing is, are we going to do a, a spoiler set? I mean, I, I, so like bald move, if if you're, this is your first podcast, um, maybe we should have said this in the beginning of the podcast. We try very hard to be spoiler free, uh, even though Jim and I do know everything that happens in these video games. Um we are going to constrain any of that kind of speculation and any of that kind of like nudge, nudge, wink, wink to a very well-defined spoiler section that happens at the very end of the podcast. Uh, it'll it'll have red flashing lights and warning klaxons and all that. No, it won't have any of that. But you, you will know when we're getting there. Um, are we going to are we is that going to be a weekly thing or is that going to be something we kind of take as it goes? Yeah, I think when we need to do a spoiler section, when it warrants it, we'll definitely yeah. do one. Um, Because what I don't want to do is at the end of every episode be like, "Oh, did you see that? That means this is going to happen." Oh, did you? I mean, like, yeah, I don't care to flash my knowledge out and say, "Ha ha, I know so much." But like, we want to talk about this as fans of the game and the show, potentially. Uh, Yeah, we got to. So I imagine there'll be a lot of Easter eggs too. Uh, In fact, our our the the name of our podcast is something of an Easter egg. It is. You want to talk about that? So in the game, there throughout the world, as you're kind of scavenging things, you're doing the tin-handed monkey paw technique. Uh, some of some of those things you can find are comic books, and Savage Starlight is kind of the the main the the hero of this or whatever. I I, I guess Savage Starlight is the name of the comic book series mm-hmm. uh, that you find. I think fourteen issues of over the course of the game, and uh, it kind of becomes a motto during the game which is endure and survive and the, that that line is uttered several times throughout the game back and forth between ellie and joel uh yeah. and so we were we we're thinking okay do we do endure and survive as the podcast title or savage starlight i feel like savage starlight is a deeper cut because nobody i i don't know i didn't remember it certainly from the game until i played it the second time but and it's also like, memorable oh, yeah, as soon good. as you mentioned i immediately right. recalled like oh right savage starlight of course um and plus, it's I lo- you gotta love alliterations. Savage Starlight, come on, sure. Uh, 
So you're looking. What was the other? So th- that's the spoiler. Like, we, do you want to get into a spoiler section now? Um, yeah, just before quickly, we do, just ton of stuff. Just reminder, uh, we will be here on Sunday night about ten thirty, ten forty five, uh, with an instant take. It's going to be fifteen or twenty minutes of me and Jim just kind of talking about what we thought about the episode. Why we're doing that? We invite club members to come watch live uh, and to po- post their questions in the the YouTube chat. Uh, and we will be considering that uh, in the instant talk that follows immediately after we will be releasing the instant take for everyone to enjoy. But the participation instant talk is just for club members. Uh, check out support.baldmove.com if you want to find out more about that. T. Lou is your way to get access to the feedback portion of this podcast uh, or at least participate to participate in it. T.L.O.U. at baldmove.com. T. Lou at baldmove.com. Uh, we will be considering those uh, again, since it's a 90 minute premiere, I imagine we will probably save any feedback we get for another day of the week. And if we keep getting a lot of feedback to justify that, we'll continue doing it. But like I said, well, I, you know, if, if uh, nobody shows up <laughs> and nobody's even, I guess nobody's watching this. I don't know if we'll keep doing that. Um, but, uh, but that'd be a damn shame. So yeah, Tuesday's oh. full podcast, Sunday nights, uh, instant take, especially this Sunday night. And then we'll probably have a feedback episode, tlu at baldmove.com out like uh, Thursday, maybe Friday. Uh, now, we are super excited for it. If you have not played the games, if you want to go into this spoiler free, now is the time. These are the flashing red lights and blaring klaxons I was I was informing you of. This is the time to exit. This is your This is your off ramp. We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. And now, back with more Bald Move. Okay. And if you're dipping your waters into the the spoiler uh, portion of the show here, uh, dip, dipping your waters, your toes? Dipping your waters in the toes of the show, oh, yes. That's what that we're doing here. somehow way worse. Uh, <laughs> Is that a, a tendril? Am I being infected? I... Is your toe fun? Is your toenail fungus coming for me, Jim? I don't want any of this. It might be. Uh, it's something that is kind of spoilery, but not really. Um, the the game the, in the game, the outbreak takes place in twenty. T- t- wait, the game itself takes place in twenty thirteen, like the main events of the story. So I guess the outbreak took place twenty years earlier than that. Um, wait, are you in the are show you sure about that? Uh huh. Yeah, it was contemporary oh, okay. with with when the game came out. In the show, they're going to do the same thing. So they're going to push the main events of the story to 2023. OK, I think. Well, or, you, but are you talking about the introduction of the story? And then. Well, the intro is going to be like 2003. So it's going to be okay. like before smartphones. You won't, you shouldn't see any smartphones laying around the world. You shouldn't see. Interesting. I, 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 BTS okay. posters like I, there's none of that's going to happen. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so, okay. yeah, 2023. And again, Craig was very like firm on that he, he said there's something that feels just a slight a slight disconnect with something that's even kind of in the future like mm-hmm. 10 years or so i guess that's what it was in the game it was 2013 and 2033 were the yeah years. that's how like i remember started like, in 2013 yeah, yeah 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 okay so they're they're moving it back 10 years so that the the main events of the game can happen in 2023 okay anyway that's not super spoilery talk something way more spoilery uh they but they're not hiding this fact at all which is crazy to me because i think it's a mm-hmm. huge reveal ellie in the games is special because she is immune to the cordyceps effects um she's yeah. infected by it but she doesn't suffer symptoms at all mm-hmm. and so like the whole point of the journey of the game is to get her 
to a faction that can use her to create some kind of uh, vaccine or cure for this disease. Yeah, they can sequence her blood or her DNA or whatever, and they can maybe cure and reverse this. But they're just dropping that information in the trailer. I I feel like it's appropriate because, like, you find that out very early in the game. Like, it's not the introduction of the game, but, like, if there's chapters of the game, yeah. you'd find out about it in Chapter 2. So, I like, guess. what are we trying I, to do here? But it's a big reveal. I mean, it's... I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's not as big of a reveal as I remember, but it felt big in the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's like, definitely a big, it is a big reveal. It just, it's super, it's it's kind of like the inciting thing. So, yeah, that's fair. Uh, another big spoilery thing here is they cast someone to play Frank, who, if you remember from the games, Frank is Bill's like, that's partner, Nick Offerman. He calls him partner. Sure. Sure. But, sure. They were holed up in this town, uh, Frank town or whatever. And uh-huh. they had some disagreements of falling out and you only ever see Frank's corpse. You never meet him. Yep. So I'm yep. super curious if they cast a man to play a corpse mm-hmm. and they're going to do the same thing in the show or if they are going to do more with Bill and Frank in the show. I, I, did, I did a little bit of reading too. And it feels like some of the things that they made, uh, is hinting and in the window and things you had to like, you know, piece together from Frank's note and all that uh-huh. kind of stuff. Uh, they're going to make it explicit because in the game, they, they hint that Bill and Frank had, you know, they, they had, a uh, uh, they, they were lovers. Yeah. Um, which, uh, so maybe yeah, we're going to see I, some of that instead of just a corpse on the ground, or <laughs> I guess it wasn't on the ground when you find it. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. Hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, what the the other thing I saw is that uh, they were looking. I guess some of the inspiration because you know they have to substitute gameplay where you're doing. You know, you run around strangling zombies and shiving them in the neck and stuff like that with like mm-hmm. you know uh, uh plot and character development. Um, and they they did they took inspiration from like concept art. Like there was concept art of like uh Joel and Ellie sitting around a campfire singing and laughing that never was used in a video game. And uh, this has been an opportunity for uh, uh, Nick, uh, or no, not Nick, Neil, Neil Mm -hmm. Druckmann to take some of those ideas that they couldn't fit into the video game because of development time and, you know, streamlining it to to, to pull those character moments out and like give them, you know, new life and really uh, uh, hone in on that. So I'm excited to see, as as much and I think I got a pretty good still mental map of the game since I played it three times. And I just played it within the last year. Uh, I'm really interested to see if those jump out, and especially since you've just played it, like those mm-hmm. should probably you know stand out real real strong. And and they're so. also you know the fact that they're casting Ellie's mom. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Like maybe they're going to pull yeah. some information from the DLC or some they of the are. other. So they said that season one is going to be the first game and the DLC. And they're, okay. they cast Riley, who's a character, uh, Stormbreed mm-hmm. is going to play her. It's a character that in the DLC, uh, Ellie spends some time at a mall with um, and, and shares a kiss. Ellie's gay. I don't mm. know if people realize this. Uh, spoilers. Uh, so, yeah, I, they're definitely going to do like a lot of flashback stuff and get us into like the character stories a lot more. So I I, I really want to see that stuff. Yeah, I. uh but I just play this. I, I just this is going to go places and I just hope they pull it off. I really do. I don't want to be disillusioned about video uh, video game properties. Uh, yeah. 
And this could be the big one that just kills it, right? Like it has all the potential in the world. And if they can't, I'm trying to think what other one, series because like I've, they've tried to do Halo. Uh, you know, I mean, they did uh, Uncharted, and it was eh, it was okay, eh, which is another Naughty Dog. Yeah, you know that's the, the the studio behind The Last of Us. That one did not go. I did. I don't think it nailed exactly what uh, uh, the Uncharted video game experience is all about, uh, mm-hmm. or the characters even. Um, I, I but Assassin's like yeah, Creed, the, Assassin's Creed to be an interesting one. I never um, saw it. Half Life. Half-Life would be an interesting thing to adapt. I bet you can make a pretty raw. Honestly, goddamn, I want to see what, what the end of Half-Life like uh, uh, it's 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 famously like we've been waiting for episode three uh, or Half-Life three uh, for what, 15 plus years now? Sure, that it sounds predates. Right. I think it predates the birth of my son and he's going to get his driver's license this weekend. So, like, yeah, yeah we've been waiting a goddamn long time for Half-Life. It's like if they're not going to. If you don't want to bother developing the game, uh, maybe get the writers to to, to do an HBO ad- adaptation because that'd be kind of fascinating too. Mm-hmm. Um, probably an expensive show to shoot, though. Jesus, uh, oh, I bet. But it has yeah. that bigger world, and I think that's the thing. One of the things that's appealing here is it has this bigger world behind it, where you yeah. can expand on the things in the game. You can get into details that, yeah, in a game would just kind of bog it down because it is more about action. Yeah. What else? What else do we want to talk about? Uh, what What do you think about that change from spores to tendrils? They, they're they're touting it what as the like hell does well, that it mean? makes it makes it feel um, like th- there is a just kind of one entity working against humanity. Um, it's something to be more feared than just. But what is the tender? Are they, they're, they like they're like sessile. They're like they move and they like come and attack so. you, or is oh, it just the what? No. I think like they grow and network and then and, and become part of a bigger mass. Because right? like that's what I thought subsume. was I always thought that was kind of part like, you know, usually when you went into a building, it was a spore infected. You always get to like a sub basement and there'd be this bloated corpse that was like exploded open with like uh-huh. those like if you've seen um, Annihilation. You know, when when they they saw the one guy, they cut him open and you know, it's, it's all the video. They cut him open and he's full of eels. And then they realize that that guy at the bottom of the swimming pool was and he had all these like tendrils. Grow- I always think of that. And um, but like, I don't know. I think the spores are one of the uniquely horrifying things that it's like not even something that you can 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 see. It's like it's it's not something that zombie can't even doesn't even have to touch you. You mm-hmm. go into the wrong area and breathe these spores and you're a dead man or woman. Um, I think that's a core part of the thing, but like, I'm, I'm interested because if they're just like trying to hint that like, Oh, this is just one massive organizational network, like some, you know, like wasn't for like, I think it might still be the case that the largest living organism in the earth is some kind of fungal colony and seat in, in like Washington. It's like, I don't know, oh, 2,500 heck acres or I, I or might yeah, even, I've heard it, about this. Yeah, it might even cross several States. So like, that's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting concept, but like, I'm not afraid of a fungal tendril, like unless it's going <laughs> to sure. come out and whip me and infect me or something. I am afraid of invisible spores that I can't that I can't see. And I got to have my 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 face mask on all the time indoors or or I'm going to get killed, you know? Yeah. Uh, and they talk about a, a little bit about like how knowledgeable people are about viruses and their spread and things after, you know, all the COVID-19 stuff. Um and how they wanted to kind of lean into that and give us credit for knowing more about this stuff. 
but I feel like the spore thing is much more akin to what we were experiencing around that time. You know, everybody being afraid of something they couldn't see. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not certain about that change, but we'll see how it plays out. Uh, our producer, Talitha, just reminded us that the Assassin's Creed franchise did get ad- a- 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 uh-huh. adapted. Yeah, it had Michael uh, Fassbender in it. I, I never saw it. On Rotten Tomatoes, Assassin's Creed has an approval rating of 18% based on 225 reviews with an average rating of 4 out of 10. Yikes. Yeah. That's not not yeah. what you want to see coming out of... Uh, uh, now, the, like, there are people that have seen this. There's people that have seen, like, uh, screeners. We don't have access to screeners. It's premiering um, today, uh, world premiere. So world premiere a lot today. of people will have seen it, yeah. I don't know whether we're on the wrong side of HBO's horse or bed or whatever, but, like, we're not getting screeners for this. I don't know. And I have – it seems like the reviews are heavily embargoed. Um, Like, you can't even, like, give – so, like, I hmm. I think that's interesting. That's really weird to me. Like, why wouldn't you like if this is I, I've heard some people like when they're interviewing Craig and they've made in, uh, references of seeing a few episodes and saying they, they're amazing. But like, yeah, I, I haven't seen any like critical reaction to this yet from any of my faves. Yeah, I, I have a hard time thinking this won't be amazing. The only thing I'm scared of if I had hopes and fears is uh that I will be too familiar with the material for it to have as big an impact as it should. Yeah, you'll see it coming. And and part of the hopes there is like they're changing some some stuff up and not not substantially. It's not like they're going to alter entire storylines, but they're going to add context and expand on that stuff. And that might keep me surprised and engaged. You know, I because like I got to say the first few seasons of Game of Thrones when they were just pretty much following a Game of Thrones, a Clash of Kings, uh, you know, a Storm of Swords. I never mm-hmm. felt like. Oh, this is fucking boring. I know what's going to happen. Yeah, same um, with the expanse. I I was way But that was the that was a lot of changes to the expanse though. Significant ones sometimes, but yeah. And and I've experienced it both ways. I've experienced where they've had a heavily changed something to adapt it and I've enjoyed it. It's like I I'm I'm not super worried about it feeling like it's painting by numbers, although maybe, I don't know. I've I've never seen like and I think of like Lord of the Rings, like that was a pretty faithful ad- adaptation too. Um, I did. The only thing I'm worried about is this because I, I do think it's going to be awesome. I think I'm going to love this show. I worry about it finding an audience. That's the one thing I yeah. have is that like people just be like, eh, zombies, eh, Pedro Pascal, Nick Offerman. Who's Craig Mazin? Like it's there are names attached that you are excited if you are fans of certain genre works and certain things. But like they're not it's not like Jude Law in Third Day, which also didn't get sure. a ton of eyeballs on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm just yeah. worried that like the world is going to be like, ah, fuck zombies, fuck you know, infectious pandemic disease. I, I'm done with that. Uh, and an amazing show gets overlooked because of just its misfortunate timing. Maybe they cast the wrong Luna. Maybe instead of Ga- Gabriel Luna, Gabriel, they, they should have cast Diego. Then we're talking. <laughs> then he's just coming hot off Andor. True. Then you got the big household name in there. You know what? I don't know any about this other gentleman, but that would have been pretty because like I can I oh, you tell dude. me that that's paid because that's Joel's brother. You tell me uh-huh. that and I'm like instantly. I mean, I can see it. I can see it right now. Yeah. Yeah, I would have been super uh, excited about that, especially uh, a month after seeing Andor because, yeah, he's so good. But, uh, you know, like I said, I'm uh, I I think HBO knows how to do a few things and mm-hmm. they have a stable of actors that they work with. Again, there's a lot of people returning from other projects. Uh, 
I, I I've got I got faith. Like I said, my biggest thing is that this is going to be an amazing show that just is un, un, unloved and unappreciated. Um, but uh, not by us because we're going to be having weekly coverage, and uh, I'm I'm really I'm I'm really expecting a lot from it. All right. Well, just to recap, we will be back Sunday night uh, around ten forty-five. Uh, you know, ten fifty minutes after the premiere to give us enough time to fill up our drink and get the streaming setup turned on and ready uh, to host all of our uh, live watching club members. Support.baldmove.com if you want to join the club uh, for the instant take where we give our impressions and then we'll invite the audience to give their impressions and have a back and forth with us in the instant talk section. Uh, we'll release the instant take for everybody that following Tuesday, we'll have full coverage of the supersized first episode, the pilot episode of season one, episode one. Uh, we will pr- uh, almost certainly have feedback at a feedback episode later that week. And then we will take it from there. You know, we'll see how many people are watching this, how many people are feedback and how many people show up for the live view. And then uh, we will always, always, always have the Tuesday full coverage podcast. The other stuff might be as as needs be. Uh, Tlu T-L-O-U at baldmove.com is how you send feedback for that uh, aforementioned feedback show. Uh, but yeah, I, I hope we've gotten you a little bit as excited as we are. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to romping through this thing with Jim. Oh yeah. Uh, one other thing to, to leave you with is if you are as excited about this as we are and you want to help the podcast, you know, find, uh, a, a large, large audience, uh, you know, uh, it, it's always helpful when we start a new feed, you know, we got the Savage Starlight thing going, uh, to give us a like, a thumbs up, a review on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, share it out. Uh, tell your friends about it. Uh, share posts on social media. Um, buy a billboard. Yeah, put up a <laughs> uh, yeah, thirty by twenty billboard. Sure. Uh, Jim and Aaron, Savage Starlight, the officially unofficial <laughs> we won't do guide. it, but you should. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know major media markets from 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 nothing. So yeah, I, I would be. I would. I don't know. Click calling up Clear Channel. Uh, I, I can't make those deals. <laughs> sure. If you want to uh, make a commercial for the Savage Starlight podcast and put it on public television, yeah, go for it. I'm not going to stop you. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should. We should probably talk to our legion of lawyers that don't exist before we. Yeah, uh, we will sue you if we don't like it, but we're not going to stop you from doing it. <laughs> yeah, if it affects us negatively anyway, uh-huh. uh, we'll, we'll come down to the hammer of God. But otherwise, uh, have at that. Uh, without further ado, we'll see you on Sunday night. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later.